Hi, and welcome to episode 287 of No Crying in Baseball, the So Much Wahoo episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. I'm, I'm so sorry about the So Much Wahoo, though. That's not what you need. It was a surprising amount of Wahoo. I went to see, um, to, to Nats Park, because um, the Cleveland Guardians were in town. And I'm really excited about both teams. Weirdly, I'm much more excited about Cleveland right now, but I still huh. found myself rooting for the Nats while I was in the park. Even yeah. though yesterday when I'm like watching from home, I'm like, oh, yay, you know, go Guardians. So I, I think location has something to do with it. I, I totally decided yesterday that Orioles number one and then Guardians two and then Nats really? three, which is not, I mean, still Nats are still my wow. favorite of the, um, you know, the National League. But I, I really felt like, oh, here's, here's how I'm going to approach this. But okay. then I went to the game wearing my Josh Bell, who plays for the Guardians, City oh Connect jersey for Nats. So I figured that way I was covering a lot of bases. That's the, so cool. Um, and, but I was sitting in the section in the outfield, um, super cheap seats, which was so super fun. Um, I think I may possibly be low-key dating the usher there. I don't know. We were very friendly. <laughs> but anyway, there were a lot of Cleveland fans there. And weirdly, there was a lot of Wahoo. And I started chatting with the guys in front. There were two guys, probably dad's son and granddaughter. And there were two Ooh. kids in front of them. And so I was like, are you guys visiting from Cleveland? Because like the the, the, the the boys were wearing Cleveland caps. The girl was wearing a Red Sox cap. The dad-type oh. person was wearing a Wahoo cap, and the other dad was wearing a nondescript sort of thing. So I'm like, are you guys visiting from Cleveland? And then the dad's like, oh, well, you know, I grew up in Cleveland. I'm like, me too. So we did our little, like, where'd you grow up? And I'm like, okay, so tell me about the Red Sox outlier. Yeah. And he said, her mom from Boston, but my favorite player growing up was Manny Ramirez. So we had this whole like Manny oh, when he played for Cleveland right. and then Manny You've when he played for players. the Red Sox. So, mm-hmm. And then his dad was like, hey, Terry Francona. I'm like, yeah. I totally get that. So that's kind of like how we, you know, have this little cross sure. between sure. the Guardians and all of that. But the guy was wearing, his, his Cleveland cap was a Wahoo cap. His kids were not wearing Wahoos. We chatted some more and then the the grandpa guy said, wait, you just called them the Guardians. And I'm like, well, I called them the Guardians. Their name is the Guardians. Like, you don't call them the Indians? I'm like, no, no, sir, I do not. <laughs> and and actually, I didn't when everybody else still used that name. And I, I didn't go any farther because there was a game to watch. But I was like, you're really going to call me on that? Like I'm doing something wow. wrong. And then I saw this whole other family with a bunch of little kids. And the mom was wearing a T-shirt from my alma mater, Miami University, which changed their names from Redskins to Redhawks. And her shirt said Miami Redhawks. All right. So we did a little high five. Hey, Miami 85, whatever. But all of her rest of her family was wearing Wahoo gear. I'm like, wait, you're wearing a shirt showing a, a good decision to change a racist name to, you know, a bird. But uh-huh. uh, <laughs> And the, your whole family is wearing Wahoo. So I was, Bad I mean, luck. in general, I saw much more Guardians gear okay. than, you know, the, the, the previous name for the Cleveland team. But right around me, I was like, I kind of want to talk to you guys about this, but I kind of just want to watch the game. So yeah. I, I let it go. But it, it, it surprised me. There was just way more Wahoo than I was that's, comfortable with. And I know it's expensive to buy new gear, but you can make some choices. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely choices that you can make. Oh, shit. Well... But hey, our, our, our Cleveland boyfriends are super good. Um, Stephen Kwan and Miles Straw were so much fun to watch in person. I'm so they glad were to hear so that. fast and on the bases. And you were close to them because you were in the outfield. So um, yeah, they were they were center and, and oh, left, okay. and I wasn't right. But 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 their their base running, you know, it was all small ball. The whole game was small ball except for one home run. And I love small ball, and it was just really wow. exciting to watch. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I know that your your heart has been tied mostly to the Orioles, and that we're going to be going back there soon. And d- you don't watch Abbott Elementary. 
I don't. You have got to. So you've got to catch up, which means I think you've got a whole season to get through. But this past week, there was a big unveil with a character being an Orioles fan. Oh. And the funniest thing is that he predicted Adley's walk-off. Because the day before, like the scene, <laughs> and I, I wish I could fucking remember the, the quote and, and then the actual program, but his, his, you know, his, his little line was like, oh, you missed it. Adley walks it off. And I think he said Cedric Mullins goes for the cycle. And the day after that episode aired, Adley, Adley it walked it off. Cedric just got a single, so he didn't quite get the full, you know, premonition, but... Pretty impressive. Okay, so stuff. Ab- Abbott Elementary Abbott probably Elementary. is my, my new favorite show that I've never seen. It's it's awesome. Actually. I'll do what I, I love can. it. It's I'll one do one of my happy shows. Okay, all right. On today's show, we've got Jackie Robinson Day and One Boston Day. We've got boyfriends. We've always got the boyfriends. We have math and stolen bases. Our police blotter features sticky business and the worst pitch clock violation of all time. We've got Nate the drummer boy, and we've got more alcohol sales. Yay, except for possibly for the wrong reasons. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. So for anybody who doesn't follow us on Instagram, you really should, because that um, recording of Patty doing on today's show shows her glow, shall we say, from the outfield. Man, you are glowing. Am I definitely? Do you mean from my sunburn? Because even though I had sunscreen (laughs) with me, I did not put it on. Or do you mean the glow? Because there was no beer line, so I had two large apricot IPAs from Atlas Brewing, which were very delicious. Wow. Well, Atlas said cheers to us, actually, on Twitter. Did they? Well, good. They they know what's good. It was tasty. It felt like a summer. It felt like summer. It was 80 degrees. It was just cloudy enough, so it didn't feel yucky. There was a little bit of a breeze. It was a beautiful day for baseball, and the beer was cold and delicious. Well done. And either way, my team would have won. There, that's. I love the win-win situation. I sure do. I just hope everybody has a good time. Yeah, Yeah. I just. I hope you're not too sore tomorrow. That's all. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. we'll talk later. And, and someday, friends, we're going to be posting what you should pack in your baseball bag if you're allowed to bring I a packed fucking bag. It. Into I the packed basket. it. I, what you should also remove from your bag once right. you're in your seat and apply <laughs> to your person so you do not acquire a sunburn, right. I think is part of that. Yeah. Okay. Nothing. So there's that. Nothing to see here. So we're hoping that a lot of you got out to the to the stadium this weekend because it's been a big celebratory weekend. Yesterday was Jackie Robinson Day. So we're recording on Sunday. Yesterday was the 15th. And what I love about the the articles that come out every year on Jackie Robinson Day is that there's always something new to learn about this man's amazing life. And if you haven't read it yet, and actually, have you read it, the MLB article about his relationship with Carly Simon and her family? No. It's, fa- it's, it's fascinating no. because it has to do with his family when they were looking for someplace to buy a home and they could afford it at this point after he started playing, that basically he was being blocked out of a lot of places because of the color of his skin in the family. And Carly Simon's family kind of, helped them while they were I forget if it was like waiting for the home or whatever but they they basically like lived together for a while and got to know each other and it's just a beautiful article so I can't wait go to that but it's just you know you never know what's coming around um also another cool thing that I noticed this year with Jackie Robinson Day because I was trying to do some baseball boyfriend research is that MLB.com actually changes everybody's number to 42. 
On, so, on their rosters? On, yeah, yeah. So it's on there on the website. So it's not only that you're seeing these guys on the field wearing 42, but if you go to MLB.com, every uh, current baseball was li- baseball player was listed with number 42. So not only was yesterday Jackie Robinson Day, but it was also one Boston Day. And I think it's kind of unfortunate that they happen to be on the same day because it kind of you know, detracts a little bit in, in Boston, I think, from, I don't know, I think Boston actually did a really good job honoring Jackie Robinson and honoring the uh, the anniversary of the Boston bombing is what it was. It was the 10 years ago, 2000, that would be, uh, I can't do 13. math, 13, yeah. right, right, because I shouldn't be doing that because the 13 Red Sox, oh my God, I'm going to say 2013 so many times. Uh, that is the, the marathon bombing when two... There were two explosions at the finish line, right? So there was somebody with a couple of backpacks. Two bombs went off. Three people were killed. Many people were injured. And then actually the the interesting and I think really well done thing about all the commemorations around the, the Boston bombing is that they also honor the two policemen who were killed after the actual event, but in the line of duty you know, trying to, to apprehend the, the guilty parties. Um, so this is a big weekend in Boston because of the Boston Marathon, because of everything going on, on, and because of being 10 years this year, there was a lot happening. So it started off with, on Friday afternoon, Pedro Martinez and the Red Sox organization gave 40,000 hats, so cool little City Connect baseball hats, to Boston Public School students and staff. Yay, staff. And, and like, yay as being a teacher that the staff were included in this. So there were a lot of photo ops on that. But it was also the beginning of something bigger because Pedro Martinez is a foundation, and he announced that his foundation is going to be mentoring kids in the Boston Boston public schools, age 13 to 18. And there was a lot of like reaching out to businesses and do you want to get involved in this mentoring relationship? But I just love that he is, you know, he's an idol of Boston, but he's also sticking it out and, and helping the Boston kids. So power to Pedro Martinez. Also on Saturday, yesterday was the big unveiling of the marker at the at the site of the bombing and the 2013 Red Sox were involved along with city and state officials first responders hospital leaders and running groups met at the finish line there was a big ceremony and they (laughs) unveiled it and and there's actually if you look at David Ortiz's is probably gone by now it was his Instagram story was adorable because it was kind of him sneaking a little story behind the ceremony that was going on and he definitely acknowledged like maybe I should be paying attention right but now and it and it like in a in a good way though like it was just kind of adorable he was just commenting on what's going on around him he was sitting between um Jacoby Ellsbury I think and and uh, Dustin Pedroia maybe a bunch of the 2013 guys hanging out there which made me like it just gave me all the feels also before the game on Saturday they had a pregame ceremony, and it was mostly to honor the relatives of the victims of the bombing. You know, along with the victims, they were honoring the responders and the government officials who played a huge role in this. Mayor Thomas Menino, I started, I went down a huge rabbit hole reading about his Boston mayorship. He was Boston mayor for 20 years. Um, Ex-governor Deval Patrick was there, and there was a huge first pitch where there were like 
eight people first pitching because it was like all the relatives. <laughs> it was all happening at the same time. Oh, those scare me. It I mean, was, we've done that with the Thunderbolts. Can we just do it one at a time, yeah. please? Because, oh, no. It was so weird. And they had the whole lineup of catchers of the 2013 Red Sox. And I was just thinking, like, nobody is telling who to throw when and where to throw. And, and the announcer said something like, throw strikes. And I was like, how can they fucking throw strikes? There's no home plate. Like, nobody's throwing over home plate. But somehow... It all happened. Um, okay. <laughs> it, was, it was a little scary. Saturday game, I just want to make a little bit of a side note. The, the most exciting thing was Yu Chang, Yu who's Chang. my former boyfriend when he was playing for Cleveland. Yes. And his adorable kid, Winston, he had been batting zero. Yes. And Alex Cora kept playing him. Bless him. And, and After not playing him at all. Yeah. Yeah, after not playing him at all, which I was kind of pissed about, but he played like several games in a row batting zero, and he finally broke it out. And he hit a home run over the Green Monster, two-run home run, and then he hit a, 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 shit, I forget if it was single or double, but another two runs. So he got four RBI on the game, and he now has the you know esteemed title of being <laughs> the only MLB player with a four RBI game after starting zero for 15 or worse. And he was batting zero. Like yeah, he was, he, he, he yeah. was, he was zero. Wow. And that's since RBI became an official stat in 1920. So just as the, you know, sentimental Boston kid, I really appreciated watching the two, 2013 Red Sox out there, both at the ceremony at, you know, the finish line and then later at the game. But today, they announced them one by one. And today is Sunday. And I was seriously teary-eyed because they they brought them out in their batting order. Oh. It was so cool. It was like it was a playoff game and they announced them. And they all, I'm pretty sure all of them except for Yuri Hara, had beards. So the, th- the thing about the 2013 Red Sox is that, you know, they were now oh. the, the, the bearded guys at right. the World Series. And in a lot of the conversations, it came out that they started clearly, this is what you have to do if you grow a beard, apparently, they started growing their World Series beards during spring training. And they had the attitude during spring training that year that, well, we're going to the World Series, so we're growing these beards. And it lasted all season. And we're talking like Shane Victorino. Mike Napoli wasn't there because he's busy coaching. The two guys that, you know, I noticed clearly were missing were David Ross, who's, you know, managing the the Cubs, and Mike Napoli, who's also, you know, first base coaching on the Cubs. Oh, and then there's that rookie shortstop who's busy in San Diego. But besides them, there was a really good collection of beards there and that they still had their beards or that they regrew it for this event. Sure. I was really impressed by. Also, Jared Saltalamacchia's Qhar, oh my God. He has like very he always had like very impressive, sort of like tight curly locks, uh-huh. but now they are long curly locks. Please so. say his name again for me. Saltamachia. That's the name we were trying to think yeah. of the other day and we couldn't do it. Oh. Weren't we? Weren't we trying to think I of We were trying to think so. of like the longest name we mm-hmm. remember seeing on the back of a jersey. Yeah. And we're like, okay, wait, are we using all the syllables? Are those all the syllables we require? Okay. Yeah. And his, his definitely, I, at that time at least, it was definitely the longest It was a horseshoe for sure. Nice, yeah. good curve on That's that jersey right. there. I don't know what he's been doing lately, but he's looking like he is, uh, you know, keeping in shape, at least on the QR. Uh, and, and John Farrell was there also. And he, I heard him on the audio feed, at least, talking with Joe Castiglione about, like, this, it wasn't just cool for those of us, like me, who's just, you know, 
oh my God, these 2013 guys coming back. But for them to have the opportunity to like hang out together, that's what sounded like it would be, you know, just like the huge highlight. And this is before tomorrow is going to be Boston Marathon Monday. So running of the Boston Marathon, it means it's traditional for the Red Sox to have an 11.10 a.m. game on Boston Marathon Monday. Tomorrow's game is going to be Brian Bayo coming back for his first appearance. And this is like the rookie pitcher, struggled when he was brought up at the end of the year last year. He's been working in the offseason with Pedro Martinez, but he is going to be facing Shohei Otani for Boston Marathon Monday. So a little bit of pressure on this kid. Running in the marathon are two Red Sox who are on the 2013 team. So Brock Holt had just come up and he didn't he didn't make the postseason in 13, but that was his first year and he was on the uh, 2018 World Series winning team. He was such a Boston guy when he was on the Red Sox. He was the Jimmy Fund captain, and mm-hmm. the Jimmy Fund is the the cancer research for for kids. Um, and they do a lot of like visiting kids in the hospital. He was just so amazing. And his wife, Lakin, and they're both running the marathon. And I'm a little nervous because I've been following his Instagram and he was, he's been like showing his training. He didn't get that far. I'm really, oh, no. really nervous. I think his wife is going to blow him away. And maybe that's like a little prelude for, for the next couple that I will talk about. Uh, Ryan Dempster, pitcher for, for 2013. He's going to be run, running for the Lindsay Foundation. And this is, oh, sorry, uh, Brock Holt's running for the, the Dana-Farber Institute. I didn't write it down. Yeah, I did. Dana-Farber Institute, which is Cancer Research Center in Boston. But that's very much connected to his Jimmy Fund work. Ryan Dempster is going to be running for the Lindsay Foundation. And that was started by the family of Lindsay Liu, who is a, one of the victims of the bombing, one of the three people who died at the at the finish line, BU grad student, 23 years old. So, you know, go to their Instagram pages. There's lots of links about how to support them and donate in honor of their running on the marathon. Um, So Dempster actually pitched that game. So the game of, so the Red Sox played before the bombing, right? So they played their 11-10 in the morning. Dempster pitched, he beat the Rays, and then 40 minutes later, the bombs went off when they were on their way. I believe it was actually to Cleveland. And they, they did a, a big road trip for a while. And so they were away while they watched, you know, all this stuff un, un, unrolling in, in, in Boston. And clearly it, it was sort of like this symbiotic relationship between them and the city at that point about that, you know, encouraging them to succeed and that feeding back into Boston to like being totally behind them. So... They, they didn't come back until April 20th, which is when uh, David Ortiz did his famous Our Fucking City speech, where I, and actually I, I get kind of pissed off because so many versions of that bleep it. And it's like, you know, that's part of it that he said, this is our fucking city. Ain't nobody going to dictate our freedom. Stay strong. And I hate that it just has to be bleeped because that was part of the, you know, part part of the the emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And the hysterical part, though, is it came right after he thanked the mayor and the governor and the police. So it's like, thank you, Mayor Menino. Thank you, Governor Patrick. Thank you, police of Boston. This is our fucking city. Ain't nobody going to dictate our freedom. So power to him for that. 
All right, one more person running the marathon that we should be supporting, and actually we did support. So um, I, in, a, in the name of the podcast, we donated to Courtney Turner, who is the wife of Justin Turner, who just got here. And I am, I'm just increasingly impressed about the Turners embracing Boston. She is running for the Boston Red Sox Foundation, organized by the Justin Turner Foundation. And she's running the marathon. And she just ran one short, mm, I'm trying to think, like not too long ago. And she's like, all right, turn it around, do it for Boston. Justin Turner said, I've run a couple of 5Ks with her, but she just blows me away. And so he's going to play the game at 11 in the morning, and then he's going to meet her at the finish line. That seems right. So that's Boston Marathon Monday. I, I'm excited about then on April 20th supporting our fucking city day. Sad news about the Red Sox, though, since we last spoke, I think – at our last podcast, I was talking about how I've come around about Adam Duvall. That sure, been a little bit because he critical. was like, you know, winning player of the week and sort of lighting up yeah. on, on offense and all of those things. Gosh, what happened to and him, Potty so Mouth? Why can't we have nice things? <laughs> I think it's because you swear too much. I, I apparently, or maybe <laughs> I doubted him or something. Maybe. The day after we recorded, which was the day before you heard us, he fractured his left wrist last Monday. The good news is it does not require surgery, so there is actually a chance that he could be back this season. Granted, it's six to eight weeks. Yeah. Um, we will see. But, yeah, before his injury, he was averaging 455 with four home runs, 14 RBI, and an MLB leading 1.544 OPS. That's a lot. That's, that's good, lot. right? Yeah. 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 All right. Last thing, I swear to God, last thing I'm going to say about the Red Sox. Did you see Tristan Costas's walk scream? No. Yeah. No, so he's my guy. He what is what, your what guy. did I miss? So he had a 14-pitch at bat, 14 pitches, and he earned a walk at the end. And then he just, he flipped the bat and had like a guttural scream, like just a shocking scream for having earned a walk. But it was clearly like that release after, oh my God, I've survived 14 pitches. And both Alex Cora and Jason Veritek just cracked up in the dugout at the time, but it went viral. So there's a lot of like Tristan Casas and, and everybody's like joking about it. Like, oh, he just screamed after a walk, but well, it was a 14 pitch walk. And he that, was stressed. He had a release yeah. somehow. Exactly. Okay. Sure, sure. And I did just, in fact, bench him again because my oh, guys he's on, not doing well. He yeah, really and is guys not. on my bench were doing better. Uh, I did have to make a big change in my roster because, as we noted, we we were recording last week. That was right after O'Neill Cruz got hurt with mm-hmm. a slide to home, and so since then, of course, we have learned that he did, in fact, fracture his ankle. Did you see a close up of that? It looks don't yucky, not stop stop yucky, talking yucky. now. Stop talking now. So he's going to be out indefinitely. Um, he's on the sixty day IL, but that's because that's the biggest IL we have. So we will see what happens there. But I had to replace oh, him. Shit. So I I'm, I brought in my um, St. Louis boyfriend. Alec Burleson, who's currently on a 10-game hitting streak as of yesterday. I haven't checked today to see if that's still intact. But that feels like a good move to, um, yeah, to maybe bolster the roster while O'Neill Cruz is out. One problem that we have regularly here on No Crying in Baseball is sometimes we pick boyfriends before they're ready for Premature picking. Premature picking. And that happened to me with um, Jared Kelnick of the Mariners. I picked him Two years too early. Two years too early. He needed some seasoning. Well, he's yeah. got the seasoning because on Wednesday, when the Mariners were at Wrigley, he hit a 
foot home Holy run, shit. which was upper deck, straight up center field. It was um, it was his third home run in three days. So, you know, a little bit of a momentum there for him. It was the longest hit by a Mariner in the StatCast era, which means since 2015. Wow. It's also the longest hit at Wrigley Field during that same amount of time, which was like any player who was playing at Wrigley since 2015. Jared Kelnick's 482-foot uh, homer was the longest. Um, the... The record that he beat for the Mariners was Mike Zunino, who I just saw play today for the Guardians, um, hit 470-foot home runs in 2017 and 2018. Again, Jared's was 482, which is a lot farther. Although that is only the second best so far this season because – John Carlos Stanton and his forearms yeah, have, have hit a 485-foot home run. But Jared Kellner, good for you, bud. Where were you two years ago when you were on my oh roster? My That's God. okay. I want you to do well. I, I want you to do well. Well, you know, speaking of people that you feel a little, like, itchy about doing well, Franchi Cordero. What Frick the Franchi Cordero. Fuck? Well, no, it's not his fault. Not his fault. What the fuck? So I actually picked him when he. I thought he was going to be on the Royals, and then it was kind of like a happy thing. Well, oh, hey, he's on the Red Sox. And then I and it, it worked out well for me because I had a premature pick that week year, too, because I had picked Jeter Downs, and it was the year before he came up at all, not yep. to mention the fact that he hasn't done anything since. So I just kind of like <laughs> gently switched over to Franchi, but he couldn't stay on the Red Sox. He was going up and down to AAA. Every time he went down to the Woo Sox, he was like raking, like he did so well at AAA. And they would come down and come up and it would be shit. And basically at this point, he has had more RBI, I believe, with the Yankees than he did either year that he was with the Red Sox. And how many days into the season are we? He Very is, many. yeah. So at the p- time of recording, he has four home runs, eleven RBI, and he is the first Yankee to have eleven RBI after the first seven games played as a Yankee. So I'm not so happy. To, and and you know, in between, like you said, it was he took a little bit of a time with the Orioles because he was let go by the Red Sox. Orioles picked him up for spring for whatever minor league contract. He, he did spring training. He did spring training with the O's and they let him go because he's he he hit well. He did really but well. He's actually. an outfielder and yeah. the Orioles are just full on packed. They're mm-hmm. stacked with outfielders. So there wasn't a place for him. Right. So they let him go and in the meantime Cordero was like hitting three run homers against the Orioles Eesh. in the regular season. So um, yeah. a little bitter, but what can you do? I mean, it's not right. his fault. Right. It's not his fault. I'm very happy for him. Are for you? him. Well, Are yeah, you? he's from Aswa, which is the same town where my godson's from, my, my okay. adopted minor league player godson. Oh. So. oh, all right. So it's a good town to be from and have some success. Yeah. All right. So. Stolen bases. We talked a little bit about stolen bases last week when I talked about Miles Straw in particular, but how they were picking up because of the new rules, the new sides of the bases, the, mm-hmm. the throwover constraints that the pitchers have, all of those things. A lot of stories went to press this week about the increase in stolen bases, but they contradict each other. One of them really? was the Washington Post, which said, oh, there's so many more stolen bases and here's our numbers on them so we think that whoever leads the league at the end of the season is going to have like 35 well nico horner and cedric mullins are already at eight they're already at eight it's april 16th Uh, today 
Um, Jorge Mateo and Miles Straw are already at seven. We're in like 16 games in with wow. these numbers. So I think that... That's going to be more than how does, 35. How does that Holy math work, fuck. right? Now, Even the athletic... I can that okay, so if, if, they, um, if they continue at that current pace that they're on, mm-hmm. that means like 80 or more stolen bases wow. if they maintain the pace. But put a pin in that for a second. The athletics said... Um, they believe that the league will correct. You know, like how you have a batter who's on it, like a new guy, a rookie comes up, mm-hmm. he's hitting everything out of the park. The pitchers adjust to figure out how to work with him, and then the, his his hits go down. There's a lot of there's assumptions now that that will happen with stolen bases. Like the the defense will adjust. Hmm. Right now, everyone's running like crazy. It will adjust. So the athletic says, oh, it's going to correct, but it's going to correct down from 80 to like 60. So it's still like. A boatload yeah. as opposed to the 35. So I don't know what's happening there. But the Athletic article interviewed Trey Turner, and it was really huh. kind of interesting because, you know, he's known for his base stealing and being super fast. But he said was, my goal isn't to steal bases. My goal is to, sto- is to score runs. So I'm not always going to run just because I can. It's going to be situational. Who's batting behind me? Do I let them bat and then have them, you know, huh. are they going to hit me in? There's a lot of things to consider. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to run because I might be able to steal a base. So he's thinking that the result may be more players stealing bases, not necessarily the people who are known for stealing bases, stealing a lot more. Oh. And one example that that the, the interviewer gave was like, so like Kyle Schwarber might go from five to 10 <laughs> stolen bases, which is, you know, a legitimate thing. Like guys who don't steal very right. much might steal more. And um, <laughs> he said, okay, so, so Schwarber may want to like steal more bases than you. And Trey Turner said, well, I'm going to try to hit more homers than Kyle. So we'll see what happens, <laughs> which really made me happy. But it was an interesting way to look That's at so it. Cute. It wasn't like, okay, all of like this perfect storm is in place for a lot more stolen yeah. bases. It's okay. The opportunity is there, but you still need to be ready. Is it the right time to yep. steal a base. So I'm, yep. I'm having fun with that. And I, a lot of guys that I'm following closely are base stealers. So that's fun for me too. I also have a former boyfriend who's been hitting a lot of home runs, although not yet in the major leagues. And that would be Fernando Tatis Jr., who I prematurely picked. Absolutely. Sure. And I'm trying to remember what year it was, but it was his very, very first year that he could have been picked. He's coming back on Thursday evening and where you're going to hear this on Tuesday if you hear us when our podcast first drops so stay tuned for Fernando Tatis Jr.'s uh, comeback he has interestingly been playing in AAA which is not something that you have seen happen with folks who have been suspended for uh you know, PEDs is basically, which is what happened. So is he currently under suspension, but he's still playing in the minors? So here's the weird part of it. The reason why he actually got, he's still under suspension. He is playing in the minors. He got to have 15 rehab games because of his injuries. So if you look at the timeline of, of this, it's really fucking weird because he missed a full season because of his shoulder injury. And then he missed most of his season because of his wrist injury, which was the motorcycle fall in the offseason, which was a poor decision on his part, yes. clearly. So he was about to come back from that wrist injury when he got suspended for the PEDs. Right. And so the timeline has all kind of squished together in a really weird way. And and, and actually, part of the re- weird squish of the timeline has been that the, the playoff games that he missed, because he got suspended in like August, so he missed some playoff games, 
And that's exactly what I need. Here comes Mr. Pottymouth with more beer. And those count as some of his games of his 80 suspension games. So he's coming back definitely sooner than it would seem logical and getting 15 days of rehab because he's rehabbing his wrist injury. So that he got to do in the minor leagues. So he's multitasking. Absolutely. Right. So his punishment and his rehab are concurrent. Yeah. Well, yeah, and there's so many funny things about the rehab. One funny thing is that he never played AAA before. He got brought up from AA. So this is oh, his first time. Oh, good for him. He gets a chance. <laughs> this All is right. his first time playing AAA with the Chihuahuas. And the past two games, he got three home runs on Thursday and then two more on Saturday. I have no idea that how many RBI excessive. were involved. But he's doing very well. So we'll see what happens when he comes back. I really hope that he has learned his multiple lessons, so many lessons that he should have learned because he's basically, you know, missed two seasons. And after like being this like breakout amazing player and then he gets fucking sent to the outfield from shortstop and here comes Xander Bogarts and he's got a lot of, a lot of good players surrounding him on the on the Padres. So well, and the Padres have like 432 yeah. shortstops, so mm-hmm. they're 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 covered. So when he comes back, that means his suspension is done and his rehab yes. are done. Everything is done. Everything he's done. good to go until he gets on a bike. Right. <laughs> like do not let him ride any I'm, sort I'm just, anything I'm on two on wheels. Something wood I don't no want that to be my skateboarding. Fault. No inline skating. No, none, the, of those none of those things. things. No. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, roller derby is not, not your thing. Yeah. Okay. Hey, so police blotter. Uh, we've got a couple of things. First is sticky business. Cue the um, the the eighties movie. Um, so Domingo Herman. <laughs> that was in the movie. Yeah, Domingo Herman with the Yankees versus the Twins. Uh, yesterday we're getting recording on Sunday. This is from Saturday. So this was so funny. I just I really find this amusing. Do you? Yes. Do you? Okay. So here's here's what happened with Herman. Um, he had three perfect innings. He's, he's a dick also. He's one of he's, our never going to be. He's also friends. a dick. Yeah. But that's that's actually not relevant yeah. here. That's that's just bonus, really. Right. That is just a bonus. After his three perfect innings, the umpires checked his hands. Because remember, the umpires can check at any point now. The crew chief, James Hoy, asked Herman to wash his hands because there was there was some substance on them. This is after the third inning. So when he comes in to pitch the fourth, he gets reinspected to make sure he's, in fact, cleaned whatever the goop was off of his hands. And the umpire stops him and said that he hadn't. And he said, I told you to clean this up, but you didn't. And he said, but I did. <laughs> and Boone comes out and players come out and there's all these conversations with the umpires. Meanwhile, Herman just walks away from this conversation and just starts warming up on the pitcher's mound, and they let him pitch. So Hoy says, well, it was rosin, so our decision was it wasn't an illegal substance. But the manager of the Twins, Rocco Baldelli, said, but wait, you instructed him to do this thing. And he didn't. And then he didn't do this thing. How can you let him play? And the umpire said, eh. That's it's rosin. So fucked. It up, doesn't though. matter that he still has goop on it, more one or more of his fingers. It let him pitch, and so Rocco gets ejected, but Herman gets to pitch. Yeah. And the other, the thing that made this even crazier is so 
because you can't use these substances, there is a rosin bag on the pitcher's mound, yeah. which is the thing you get to use. Apparently, Domingo Herman does not use that. He claims he uses, I'm saying he claims because it makes it sound much more suspicious that way, that he uses his own rosin bag. Of course. Which is in the dugout. Are you allowed to do that? I don't know. But it's what he said he does, which is why you don't see him using right. the rosin bag on the mound because he does this dugout thing all i'm telling you is rocco who just said hey you're not going to hold him to the rules that you yourself he said rocco said i don't i don't question whether the substance or not my question is you told him to do this thing he didn't do this thing and you're letting him play anyhow rocco gets the boot he gets ejected herman gets to play herman has is perfect through five innings he has a career high 11 strikeouts in six and a third Um, Uh, and we just move on from there Apparently. Right. So this is the guy who's a dick because he was suspended for over 80 games because of a domestic, very, very credible domestic violence incident with his, his girlfriend at, at, a, at an event with CeCe Sabathia. So it's sort of like, you know, how many times has stuff like that happened before? And I just do not like the guy. So I, I don't know. And even before then, he was like before Sticky Substance became a vogue, he was definitely having like streaks on his neck and stuff. I don't know. But all of that is absolutely true. But this particular incident is completely on the umpires. Yeah. Because the umpires said, do this thing. And he said, yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, totally. And they said, no, I, no, you right. didn't. And they just let him move on. Oh, totally. So, no, they're, they're ridiculous for they're, like, they're letting ridiculous. him getting by. That's so, ridiculous. So, on, so ridiculous, pitch clock violation is our this other is thing. so bad. We have talked about that, that the, the pitch clock, the person who runs the pitch clock has a little bit of um, – uh, they a little bit of agency deciding when right. they start the pitch clock, like if somebody gets brushed back and is on the ground or if somebody like, has to walk back to first or whatever. So Cody Bellinger, who played for the Dodgers for years, he was Rookie of the Year with the Dodgers. He was MVP with the Dodgers. He is now playing for the Cubs. The Cubs are playing in Dodgers Stadium. It's his first time back. His first time back. So then the pregame, there's this big, like, welcome back, Cody thing and all of that. His first at bat, which is in the second inning, he steps out of the box during his at bat because people are applauding him. And he takes a second to acknowledge the standing ovation he's getting from the Dodgers fans because they love him, Mm -hmm. even though he's playing playing for the Cubs now. Big deal. But while that's happening, the pitch clock is counting down. So the umpire assigns him a strike for a pitch clock violation because he's not ready by the eight seconds on the timer. He's not ready to bat. Even Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, okay, which is Mm -hmm. not the team that Cody Bellinger plays for right now. He was the visiting team with the Cubs. Dave Roberts is yelling at the umps, give him time. It's just that this is a thing. Well, it's Dodgers fans who are celebrating. Like, of course, he's going to be like, let the fans enjoy themselves. As it turns out, there could have been a way around this. Scott Boris, of course, mm-hmm. is the uh, is the uh, the agent for Cody Bellinger. Surprising no one. He calls <laughs> the commissioner's office, talks to Dan Hallam, who's the deputy commissioner, and says, "Why, why don't you have a provision for these special situations?" And Dan says, "What well, we do? Yeah, we 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 do." He said, umpire, "The umpires have their discretion, but what ha- there's a process. Mm-hmm. The team should notify the league in advance." If there's anything that they are aware of, oh. like Cody Bellinger is going to be here. It's his first time back. Do they there's, really need notified? Yes. That? Yes. Apparently like, they, they do. should be able to you know what? figure that out. But though. it's on the books this way and they could oh have done it. God. They could have done it. Wow. They could have done it. They could have paid attention and said, hey, this thing may come out. So it's this, on Chicago for not alerting the Or umps. the Dodgers. So ne- just, neither the like Dodgers the n- should nor, figure that out. 
that neither did the Dodgers nor Chicago acted on this, which apparently is a procedure right. that you can do, which is super easy. You say to the league, hey, Cody Bellinger is going to be here back for his right. very first time. The, the Dodgers are going to have this big pregame thing. There's right. likely going to be an interruption to his first thing, and they didn't do it. So um, and so the league then gets these requests. The league approves them and mm-hmm. passes them to the crew chief, so the crew chief knows it's going to happen. Yes, it's cumbersome. Yes, it's crazy. You would think that the crew chief would have a little bit of leeway. Right. But the fact is there was a process, and nobody followed it. So I so that's I don't know I feel like ooh, a little itchy about this. So one of our friends on Twitter, small ball, small hall baseball, said that actually that this similar situation happened with with Gene Segura, who's playing for Miami when he went back to Philly, and that he got the time granted to him. So that means that the Miami whatever people in charge of shit talked to the umpires and got the special like, hey, this guy's coming back, give him some time. They filled out the right paperwork. Either either they did that or Gene Segura says, hey, I want to take my time out now. Because that was also uh, an option. Remember, a batters can ask for one time out. Cody too high to figure <laughs> No, I'm just... Probably. Yeah. So there were two ways right. that that could have been solved. Right. And neither of them happened. <sighs> I just... I, I feel like it's like common sense. Like common well, I sense think, is I here. I think that that... I, I think that the time out piece yeah. is the one that's going under the most scrutiny and probably will undergo the most okay. changes over the course of the season as these things happen and league officials say, oh, that's a thing. We should accommodate that <laughs> right. thing. Right. I mean, apparently they do accommodate this thing. So either the team is weren't aware of it or they didn't right. think of it or whatever. But I believe this is one of those moving targets where they're going to yeah. learn this season. What are the things they need to take into account? Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, the, the power happy umpire is going to take the brunt of the, the angst from They're gonna people follow, like us who get or people like me, actually, who get a little too pissed off about stuff. People like me who get a little too pissed off about stuff. That would be like me. Also, any chance that I can, uh, you know, rag on the Yankees just a little bit. It's it's going to happen. No. And not only do the Yankees suck, but their al- announcers do, too, because they recently had a series in Cleveland where they did a close-up somehow during the the broadcast on the uh, the Bat Boy, who apparently looked like the Yankees' Bat Boy, who has very long hair. And Michael Kay on Yes started making some snide remarks about what the Yankees' Bat Boy. Look at that. He has very long hair. And I think, actually, he's not. He just doesn't have very long hair. He's breaking three rules. I think his facial hair is also a problem, which is actual bullshit because he had a mustache, which Nestor Cortez also has a mustache. That's like the one thing. Uh, uh, Carpenter um, also, like, you know, whittled it down to a mustache to make the Yankees happy. So he was not breaking that rule. But Michael Kay was just getting so pissy about this bat boy not looking Yankees proper that he actually went down to his shoes. He's like, red shoes. Those are also not approved. And really. So my question for you is, I have not listened to this. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that he was just having some fun with that? He sound like a dick. He re- it's not funny. He's just very pissy about it. It's it's a very pissy. And but you're people- not hearing it that way. No, you're no, not no. Just hearing it that it, way because you. I think I, he's a dick. so you're gonna have to okay. listen to it afterwards to like to, to, to verify control? this okay. quality control. But but the the people who are sort of ragging on him as a result of it, I think, give a little you know. 
uh, credit to the fact that he is being the Yankee. Like, this is not what we do for the Yankees. So it turns out they're, they're actually in Cleveland. And I didn't realize this. The Cleveland team is the one who employs the visitors clubhouse bat boy. So he was a Cleveland. He is a Cleveland dude. Cleveland had uh-huh. hired him to be the visitor club bat boy, which had not been a problem until the Yankees fucking come into town and have something to do with his hair. Now, he has long hair for uh, understandable reason. He is a rock and roller. He's he's a drummer. Is that what the kids are calling it? Not, that is, that's got to be it. So I'm getting So like you're saying like a musician? Right. He's a musician. Okay. All he's right. a drummer. He's oh. a drummer. Oh, well. He has a band called The Open Doors. Uh-huh. And as a result of the media attention that he has gotten from this Bat Boy incident, his open doors have been booked in Brooklyn. So they're going to be going to New York to play a gig. And then the other very cool thing, like side story that I appreciate from this, is Anthony Rizzo showing a little bit of like, I am beyond the Yankees. Uh, but just sort of like rising above the Yankees standard because he made friends with this bat boy. He met him. He talked to him about his band. And then bat boy, and his name is Nate. Yes, Nate gave uh, Anthony Rizzo a t-shirt, a, a t-shirt of his band. Oh, of course Anthony he did. That Rizzo. was smart. That's yes. a good marketing, Nate. Right. And so he wore the t-shirt. And apparently when the press talked to Anthony Rizzo about it, and said, you know, uh, this is actually going to Im- increase the popularity of the band. Anthony Rizzo said, good, I hope it does. Yay. So yay for Anthony Rizzo. Check out the open doors. I think they're pretty good. Kind of like indie rock kind of situation. They're going to be playing in Brooklyn. If you're in Brooklyn, go check them out. And I would, you know, support Nate the drummer Bat Boy. Okay. <laughs> All right. We talked a little bit about the pace of play affecting concession sales. Right. There's more about that. One is there are some teams that are extending their alcohol sales past the seventh inning mm-hmm. because of the shorter games. So some teams are extending the sales through the eighth inning. Some teams use a cutoff at a certain time limit after the first pitch, like three hours after the first pitch, not mm-hmm. not an inning time, but how many hours oh, after the smart. first pitch um some like the o's already do that they they go into the eighth inning with a cap at three and a half hours oh, after first pitch i know you just don't leave your seat huh. to get beer because you're assuming there we go they're done yeah at that time so the royals and astros just this past week extended their alcohol sales into the eighth inning joining arizona the colorado milwaukee uh, uh minnesota and texas i'm sorry who were you asking about no i was just impressed that the o's did and i didn't hear about that also those, well the o's didn't have to extend because they were because already they were there already doing that they were wow. already doing that this is why they should be more popular with you yeah than there are well i was impressed that the brewers like that makes sense right if you're so, the brewers team the, the president could... of business operations with the brewers said that basically because of the pace of play they're selling beer for about the same amount of time it's just like because mm. the games are going faster so right. what would have been the end of the seventh inning is now actually time-wise maybe the end of the eighth inning so that's he was using that kind of as an excuse and he says well we're still going to make sure that quote those who shouldn't be served won't be served like if you're clearly drunk yeah. then no one's going to sell you beer but here's the thing here's the thing the reason that beer sales have traditionally stopped in the seventh inning is not to control people's behavior in the stands it's to prevent drunk driving yeah. right it's about what happens after you leave 
the park. So even their teams are saying, well, we haven't seen any increase in unruly behavior in the park. That point. doesn't matter because the yeah. thing that the the point of the rule is people have some time to sober up before they get in cars and mm-hmm. drive because the things that happen after the game the teams may not be aware of if there are crashes because of you know people driving yeah. under the influence they're not necessarily going to know that's related to the game so yeah. this whole we're going to watch out to make sure nobody's being and really don't worry about it. it's like no no we just want to you know keep our alcohol sales up and everything's going to be fine don't worry about it if things get ugly we're just yeah. gonna change it but again i mean I, as somebody who doesn't and, drive to the ballpark right. because either i'm on um, i'm on metro or mr potty mouth is driving i'm like sure right. i'll have another beer but i'm not I the target it. market for this right right I totally get it. And I feel kind of guilty about it because I was, when I first saw that the brewers were extending it, I thought, oh, yay, the brewers, and oh, yay, what a good idea. And especially, I mean, I get frustrated when it goes into extra innings and you're like, you still can't fucking buy a beer and we've been here forever, especially mm-hmm. if it's like multiple extra innings. Yeah. But it was when I actually saw the Phillies pitcher, Matt Stroms, uh, I forget it was Instagram or Twitter. It was, it was on an interview. Yeah. So, he, oh, right, right, yeah, right. He, he said it, it during, during his, an interview. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so which is I what, yeah. Totally Same get it. I mean, yeah. I feel like a couple episodes ago that we said that sales had not really been affected. I, th- I remember talking about that Dodger, being a Dodger Stadium said that, release. oh, yeah, we're selling the same amount. We're just selling it faster. Yeah. And another another team said, oh, well, we want to stretch out the sales so people aren't rushing mm-hmm. to get that last beer and then getting stuck in line and missing so much of the game because we talked about before, you're in line for the concessions and you're missing right. part of the game. Yeah. Right, which is true. But he made, I thought Matt Strom made a really good point in that because everything is so condensed and things are going faster, that if you're extending the beer sales, it's it's kind of like exponentially worse because yeah. you have less time left Just of the game yeah. after that. Yes. So it's not like the same normal inning and a half that you would have. Like, you know, if two years ago you had extended to the eighth, that would have been better right. than extending it now because there's less time after that. And then I thought, oh, shit, like, you're right. Like, he's... I feel bad. So it depends on what the league decides the point of it is. Yeah. If the point of it is to prevent drunk driving, then these are bad decisions. Right. Right. If the point is, well, we'll just give people a little time to, like, you know, sober up. But, yeah. you know, people are, people are, we just, we just care about behavior in the stands. Right. And as long as we keep a, a lid on it, like we're not selling to people who are clearly already yeah. in trouble, we're fine. Then that's fine. As Oof. long as, but, but yeah, but so they really need to decide what is the outcome. Right. That, that we're making these decisions about. I feel very mixed now. I, I Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I can advocate for... Well, we have a designated driver, so that's, right. you know... Right, right, But Personally, that's us, that's right. our personal decision, and right. we get to make that decision because we have a designated driver. If we didn't, then, you know, it would yeah. be up to us to figure that out, and I don't know if we could be trusted. Probably, I don't know. We would, I mean, we'd just hang out somewhere. I think we, we, but we, 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 we would hang out, hang out at a brewery. So I don't know. I don't know if that's really the best All right. plan. But yeah, we would oh. we would work it out. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna just do a, a quick little last minute um, mention here about Jackie Robinson Day. So yay! I'm I'm so glad that we have that tradition. Another cool tradition connected with this weekend is the Trailblazer series. Since 2017, I'm not sure if it's been every year since then. I'm guessing they took off the pandemic. But this is for 11 to 13-year-old girls. It's a tournament. 
And, it, and it's not only playing, but also education and development and all sorts of cool people show up, including All-American Girls Professional Baseball League players who are like, not, Mabel Blair is over 90, I believe, and, and Janine Lasko. And they're actually out there with the girls. Like, these women look amazing. Uh, also this year, Sonia Panky, who is the MLB Consultant of Community and also Jackie Robinson's granddaughter. And just to have these girls to have a weekend to be together, to be playing baseball, to be like, you know, the, the players of the future in many areas, I believe, is a cool tradition to have around to this day. So, yeah, they're hanging out in Florida. That is a very cool tradition. Uh, we have this uh, fantasy league. And I apparently am now the one who sucks at it. Potty Mouth has really... <laughs> Uh, gone through hey. leaps and bounds. And so I was just going to list the top couple, but I think I have to list all the way through number six <laughs> because I want to say that Potty Mouth is um, not in the basement where I am. Number I'm one, at the 50%. <laughs> number one is Bonose Boyfriends, who has pulled ahead by a little bit. Um, the A's suck badly. Number two, not too far behind. Then a little bit of space before and all that jazz. And the kids have pulled into the fourth position. And the thing about the kids is once they set a roster, it never changes for the season. Are they doing that again this year? So far. Oh, wow. So far. Oh, wait. There was a a pitcher. Kyle Gibson got added. I remember that. And and, and Rodriguez, right? Grayson Rodriguez also. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, so this year there have been some um, some pitcher additions. So there's that. So okay, so I'm that's not altogether truthful then about the kids. Uh, and then at number five, you know, I wouldn't go this far except for I have to say that you know uh, two Pauls, two two Bryces, and um, and a bow. But then number six, number Woo-hoo! six is potty mouth. I don't think I've been at that posse. high in years. I don't years. think so either because you know I'm all the way at number eleven and I'm only in front of late for supper who I'm joined like two games into the season. Right. So is still playing catch up. So I don't know what the heck. And then I went Although into Sunny my Sunny Slammers got ahead of you. That's I, impressive. Sure, I know. And this is why so I went into my roster and I realized, wow, I got a couple guys who just really haven't been playing and I haven't oh, dealt with my roster that. in a couple of days. So I'm hoping that that's what it is um, and that I'm fixing it. But you know what? I'm the commissioner. I'm just here to make sure everyone has right. a good time. Everybody it, needs to have a good time. Me and Rob Manfred have like right. one goal, and that is to make sure everybody <laughs> has a good time playing the sport that they love. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm a little bitter because between Late for Supper and what's Mr. Potty Mouth's team called now? Wicked Awesome Team. They have poached the players that are like my backup players that I could bring in. Which is totally legal. Right. Absolutely legal. But there are, I believe, Christopher Morrell is still hanging out in AAA and should be on the Cubs any day now. So I'm going to nab him as soon as he comes up. And there was somebody else in that situation that I should remember, but I I should get him as soon as possible. So you didn't nab them and just stash them ahead of time? Uh, what you mean the the ones who haven't come up yet? No, not yet. But I should do that probably really you, you soon. You can do that. I you should know. do you that can, now. If you have yeah. room, on, I, on and your actually, bench, you I can... could I could actually put some somebody on the DL or IL suit. Oh, wow! Wow! I feel welcome back to three I... years ago. Look at you! <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible. Yep. Yep. Hey, so um, this week I am not going to another baseball game for a whole week, at least. But I have lots of local Thunderbolts things to do. I have to work oh, on our our, cool. our summer collegiate league and find housing for about fifteen players. Well, I've got it for about eight players now, so I'm still working on it. But I, it's time to buckle down on that. Hey, you want to host somebody? 
Uh, well, I'm not going to go on record. Damn it. Damn it. I <laughs> but, thought I could get away with this. But, but I'm, we're close. We're close. We haven't had a discussion. Oh, my God. Uh, just a tiny little bit related. I meant to text you from the Nats game. A guy walked by me wearing a Unilions jersey. Really? Yes. It, did you – you didn't, like, get I didn't to, accost him. No. Oh you were about, about to say, did you accost yes. him? Yes. I saw <laughs> that word coming out of your mouth. I did not accost him. I would have. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That is a I very unique you. situation. Well, I think of you yeah. a lot. When I'm at a baseball yeah. game, go Aww. figure. Yeah. So, so I am going to a baseball game. So I've never gone to I'm the better. Phillies stadium before, but Mr. Pinemouth has a um, a thing in Philadelphia, so I'm tagging on, so that we can go see the Phillies play the Rockies, and then the Woo Sox happen to be an hour north of Philadelphia in Allentown. And yes, I will break out into song any moment, playing the the uh, Iron Pigs. So. You know, there's. You know what I don't get about their concession is there's a lot of pig inspired concession. Like if the why team, would you not get that? Because the team is the pigs. It's kind of like you're honoring the animal, and then everybody's eating it. I don't. That's understand. how we celebrate animals. <laughs> That's how we carnivores celebrate oh my animals. God, you I know don't my get story it. about going to see the movie Babe, Pig in the City, and then oh going out God. for barbecue afterwards, oh right? No. Yeah, That's awful. we were like we were leading into a theme. <laughs> That's awful. Um, That'll do, pig. All right. Well, I will yeah. send you pictures of the concessions from whatever no, no, the You can just take me with you and you're not, and that's fine. That's fine. If you also are not going to any baseball games with the Potty Mounts next week, you should <laughs> feel free to catch up on some past episodes. Um, and if you can uh, review um, and rate any uh, of those uh, podcasts, that would be great. We would love if you did that. If you have friends or family you think would like to hear us talk about baseball, please let them know about us. And you can always find us on social media. I hope I can remember this at this point. We are on Twitter at NCIB Podcast. Facebook and Instagram would be No Crying and B-Ball. If you want to throw a buck or two at us a month, that's a pretty good deal. You can find us at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash No Crying and B-Ball. And that would help us keep this going. Please make sure that you're boosted because you're going to ball games. You want to keep people safe. You want to send your game balls to Meredith. You want to fight the man. It's the right thing to do. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Phew. Oh, we haven't gotten there yet. Right. Oh, shit. <laughs> A little bit of editing, perhaps? <laughs> yep, that's all right. All right.